Hello from Berlin. It's Thursday morning and we have two more days ahead of us at the European Film Markets Industry Event. I'm still your host, Julia Fidel, and today I'm being joined by Variety's Paris-based international correspondent Elsa Kislassi. Good morning, Elsa. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm very good. You know, it's exciting to see people, even if it's uh, via Zoom. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to reconnect with everyone during this uh, virtual market and uh, have have meetings with everyone. So it feels very good. Absolutely. Oh, that's really good to hear. Yes. So um, what would you say? What is your take on the market? Who is buying and what are they buying? You know, so there are some deals happening at the EFM, which is very, very positive because Of course, Sundance uh, was pretty vibrant and we were all wondering what would happen with the international film market if we would see uh, some deals happening as well. And it turns out that, you know, independent distributors are still looking to buy movies, even though uh, theaters are closed in many countries around the world. And you also have, of course, uh, streaming services buying, um, you know, Netflix, for example, uh, is, is pretty active as, as always. Um, and so that's pretty optimistic. Great. Yeah, that does sound very optimistic. So um, uh, which major trends would you uh, say you see with, uh, you know, the big players being the streamers you were just mentioning and the big studios? So the, the big trend, uh, I think, is uh, towards genre movies or, uh, you know, easily marketable films uh, on streaming services. So there, there is a big trend towards horror movies, genre movies, um, or, you know, it could be romantic comedies, you know, movies that are really high concept are selling the best. For example, if I can just mention one example, Netflix has just made a $15 million deal uh, to acquire uh, the movie Operation Mindsneed uh, from, uh, with Colin Fierce. It's a World War II movie, and Magnolia also has made some acquisitions. Uh, IFC as well uh, bought a, a big documentary um, about the legacy of Hitler. So you you see some some deals towards uh, those those big movies uh, or documentaries that are dealing with um, with you know either like uh, you know could be genre movies or historical. Uh, historical titles that sell well. Uh, and then in terms of trends, uh, the structural trends, we see some concentration going on. Um, uh, so we see that there are a lot more independent companies being bought by bigger groups. And that allows these bigger groups to compete and uh, get commissions from streaming services, for example. Uh, because streaming services have to uh, acquire a lot more uh, European content and commission European content more and more. So we see that um, uh, they, they need to, to deal with independent producers in, in European territories. And so we see the emergence, uh, the emerging of bigger players who are able to deliver content to streaming services. That's the big trend. Right. Yeah, you were saying you see a lot of um, consolidation of the market there. Yes, there is a lot more consolidation of the market. 
uh, every day or every two days we we hear of some of some deals happening. Uh, for example, during this market, we announced that Beta, uh, the German company, acquired Cinenord, uh, which is a big Norwegian uh, producer of, of drama. They did Atlantic Crossing, and that's just one of the latest deals. But uh, there are uh, acquisitions um, in every territory. SF Studios has made a lot of acquisitions. In France, we have Media One. Uh, which also acquired a few companies in recent months, uh, including Lagardère. Um, and uh, so, you know, it, the, the market is consoli consolidating so that uh, these big players are able to produce high-quality content in very little time for streaming services. We need more and more European content. Wow. And... I mean, with these big studios building up in front of us, uh, where does this leave the indie film production? So the indie film production is in a tough spot because the competition is getting higher and higher. And the only way for them to survive and thrive is to attach uh, high-profile directors and talent. So um, that's really another trend that we're seeing is talents becoming part of production companies um, and they have a chance of, of thriving because they can um, attract streaming services again and independent distributors who are also looking for bankable talent. So independent producers who are able to attract those talents are going to be fine, uh, but it's really difficult for uh, middle ground movies To, to find uh, distributors in this market. So you either have very big franchise-based films that are getting made, or you have um, smaller films that are politically engaged, socially engaged movies that are easily marketable. These, these two types of movies will be okay in this market, but then you have movies that are kind of in between that don't have stars or that don't have necessarily a big director attached. And this is going to be difficult for these type of movies oh. in these markets. I feel like I missed this type of movies already. So yeah. <laughs> that's very sad. Um, but let's uh, stay on the bright side again and uh, tell me which titles uh, we should not miss. Like, give me your, your top three, maybe. Okay, so my top three movies, um, one of them, of course, because... Not just because I've, I'm French, but uh, I have a, a special connection with Céline Siama, whose last movie, A Portrait of a Lady on Fire, competed at Cannes, and um, it won the Best Screenwriting Award. And she's following up with Petite Maman, which plays in competition. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a return for her to themes of children and uh, coming of age, And it's got uh, some magical realism, I heard. I heard it's really a special movie. And I'm sure that MK2 has made uh, several uh, deals on it at the market. Uh, the second movie that I would say is intriguing to me is um, the movie Memory Box. It's a French, uh, Lebanese, Canadian, Qatari uh, movie. And it's about three generations of women who are relocated to Canada and have to deal with memories uh, of Lebanon. And that sounds really good. And I heard that it got some great reviews. And um, 
another movie that that sounded good is a uh, new uh, next door which is uh, daniel Brühl's uh, uh, feature debut and uh, it sounds really good you know it's uh, i guess it's a tribute to to contemporary berlin um and uh it's it should be great because uh, i love him as an actor and i can't wait to see this movie of him as a director Wonderful. That sounds really good. Thank you so much, Elsa, for uh, sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you. And now I'm teaming up with my partner in crime, Manu Gudeit, again to fill you in on the highlights of the day. So welcome again, Manu Gudeit from EFM. And uh, let us know what to expect from day four. Guten Morgen, Julia and everyone. It's EFM Day 4. My personal highlights for you today are a nice mix of future rituals and hacks. Okay, so it's like a riddle. I hear future. Is this about uh, the Next Wave training program? Exactly. Mm. Right. It's about the 10 uh, participants of Next Wave presenting their um, innovative works and progress solutions for the most pressing industry topics in 2021, I'd say, in the fields of sales, distribution, exhibition, and uh, audience engagements. And uh, they present ideas like film education think tank, a sales company focusing exclusively on indigenous films to a social listening tool for the film industry, these kind of topics. And after the pitches, we will hear about the outcomes of a recently held workshop presented by Stan Christian Salouvert, which is followed by a live Q&A chat with the audience. Wow, that sounds like a lot of process and a lot of inspiration. And what's next after that? Um, at 5 p.m., we then take care of our well-being and strengthen our mental health by creating our own creative ritual, I'd suggest. Um, and after a fireside chat, giving an impression of the current state of well-being in the film industry, we dive into an interactive part and then learn creative expressions for better health with the help of a neuropsychologist and a journalist. We learn easy daily life rituals for better mental health, less stress, important, and improved sleep to be more creative which is what we want, right? Yeah, it sounds like the ultimate goal. I'll check that out at 5 p.m. And that sounds really good. And what is your last um, highlight of the day? Mm, after we have created our own ritual and had some time to relax and breathe, I recommend to get a bite of our Marketing Hacks series. Marketing Hacks. I'll know what we've had so far. There was Strategize from Scratch. There was at the core, audience building, and digital social quintessential. Right. So what's the next exciting title? Today we have What's Tech Got to Do With It? Mm, sounds like a song. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. And it's at 5.30, five minutes. Um, and today's hack for film producers uh, is presented by the marketing wizards Sasha Schreiber from Nanos AI and Irina Albita of Film Chain. And they share their very best practices and tell us which new tech is thriving the novel tools helping the industry to market themselves. So don't miss it. Yeah. And all the other ones can be checked out on demand as well, correct? Right. Yes, that's right. 
Wonderful. Let's start the day, Manu. Yes, super. Enjoy. That was it for today's morning brief, but I wouldn't let you go without another long podcast recommendation. This one is a deep dive into the making of documentary series with the producers of Philly DA in conversation with Nadia Denton. They talk about their belief in a growing audience for complex non-fiction serialized content, thanks to podcasts and other formats. They talk about the differences between producing fiction versus documentary and the global power of a local story. This will be released within the next 48 hours, and I hope you enjoy it. Have another good day, everyone.